As we continue on in the narrative lectionary today in the Gospel of Luke, we find ourselves in the hometown of Jesus, Nazareth. And this story that we're going to hear today is, I think, really important in the overall trajectory of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, this story takes place right after um, the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. And it's kind of the first detailed account that we get of Jesus's public ministry to people. We'll hear about how Jesus preaches a short sermon quoting Isaiah, um, and it's a very popular passage. Uh, but the way that the crowd in Nazareth reacts is probably a little different than what you would think um, in, as a response to this passage. So, friends, let us listen for the word of God. Good morning. Our reading today is Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 30. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout the surrounding country. He began to teach in, his, in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim the release of the captives and the recovery of sight of the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes of the synagogue were upon him. Then he began to say, then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him, and were amazed at the gracious gracious words that came out of his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, heal yourself, and you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we heard you do in Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown, but the truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, and the heavens were shut down for three years and six months, and there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none except to the widow at Zarephath at Sidon, there were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Isaiah, and none of them was cleaned except for Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, so that they could hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for bringing us together today. Open our hearts and minds to the message that you may have for us. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Things are just not as they seem. That has been something that I've been reflecting on as I've been going through our story today. I'm sure all of you have had moments in your life where things were just not as they seem. And one of these moments um, that I have watched many times over the years takes place in the movie A Christmas Story. Um, A Christmas Story is about this little boy named Ralphie. And there's this part of the movie where um, he earns his way into a secret society. Basically, he does this by drinking a lot of Ovaltine. And because he's in the secret society, he receives a decoder with instructions to listen to this radio show where he can write down some numbers, and then those numbers will give him a super secret message that only people in this super secret society will know and receive. And so Ralphie does this. He listens to the radio, he gets his numbers, and then he takes his decoder and his list of numbers up to his family's only bathroom where he can be in complete privacy where no one outside of the secret society will see this message. And he takes the numbers and decodes them and uh, it turns out that the message is just a reminder to drink his Ovaltine. And Ralphie is so upset. Things were not as they seemed at all. He thought he was going to get this super secret cool message and really he just got a crummy commercial. It's very disappointing for him. I think a lot of us maybe felt this way about 2020. I know for myself, I started off 2020 feeling really good. I was eating well. I was going to the gym four to five times a week. I was doing well in school. I was making new connections with my peers at school. Um, and I was super excited for the next year at LUCC. But then the pandemic hit and it became clear that things were just not going to look at all how I thought they were going to. The trajectory of the year completely changed. I thought 2020 was going to be the best year ever. And the pandemic definitely changed the way I viewed that. I think that's how the people of Nazareth feel in our story today. When Jesus shows up, they are expecting miracles. They expect Jesus to come into town and start curing every one of their ailments and giving blessings everywhere. But Jesus comes to town and he gives them a message, a beautiful message, but he doesn't perform miracles. Jesus performs um, something that really angers the people, actually. So he gives this sermon, right? And it's on... Um, on these passages in Isaiah. He quotes passages from Isaiah that are pretty popular, that good news is coming into the poor, that the imprisoned will be set free, there will be sight for the blind, the oppressed are going to be free as well. And the people of Nazareth are pretty um, excited about this, actually. They see it as good news, as I'm sure we all do. It's good to hear. But then they want to see the miracles. As soon as Jesus is done giving the sermon, they're ready for the miracles to come. And it becomes quickly apparent that the miracles are not going to come. Jesus says, you see, most prophets are rejected in their hometown. 
Because in the time of the prophet of Elijah, there's all these widows, and they didn't get help, most of them. In the time of the prophet of Elisha, there's these people with leprosy, and they didn't get healed. Only one person did. And the people just continue to be angry. They get so, so angry. You see, even though Jesus comes into Nazareth filled with the Spirit, the people are not transformed by the Spirit. Rather, they're transformed by their anger because they get so mad that they want to throw Jesus off a cliff. That is a whole new level of upset. And I think that that's all rooted in the fact that their expectations were not met. Things were not as they seemed about this whole event of Jesus coming to town. But what Jesus is trying to say when he talks about these prophets and people being in unfortunate circumstances and things not being changed for them, what he's trying to say is that the blessing that Jesus is given in his sermon um, with these passages in Isaiah looks different than what they thought. It looks different for different people. You see, for these people who are in the category of the poor, the imprisoned, the oppressed, that blessing is liberation, and it's awesome, and it's great. But if you are not in the category of poor, imprisoned, or oppressed, the blessing takes form in God's judgment and God's justice. That looks a little different, depending on where you're at. And I think maybe a lot of us can relate to these people of Nazareth when we think about it, because we hear this message, there's good news for the poor, and you think, that's nice, that's really great, I'm happy about that, but if I'm not the poor, what about me? What is my good news? What, what do I get out of it? Where, where, where's my blessing? And I think it's easy to find yourself in that space. But the blessing looks a little different because let's say that you're not in the oppressed category and you're in the oppressor category. Well, the good news is this. You don't have to be in the oppressor category. You can change. You can alter your ways. You can dismantle the way in which you take place in these systems of oppression. That's the blessing. And that blessing is challenging and it's hard. And I think a lot of times when we read these stories about Jesus, um, as the church, you know, we feel really good about them. That they're always for us in the way that we think they are. It's always good news for us. That everything is going to be awesome and good and we're going to feel comfortable and great. And we think we're on the inside. When it comes to Jesus, we're the insiders. But the thing is, Jesus came for the outsiders. I like to think about it this way. There is this story that we reflected on um, over the summer in the book of Matthew. We reflected on it with the teens, where Jesus is um, walking on water and all the disciples are in a boat. And he invites them to join him walking on the water. That's what Jesus wants us to do, to get out of the boat, to actually do something. You see, as insiders, we are in this walled-up area. And Jesus is saying that we can break down the walls. That rather than being an exclusive society where there's hierarchies, 
and good things for some people and bad things for other people, we don't have to do that at all. We can be an inclusive society. We don't have to miss out on there being inclusiveness. We have access to that. That's the good news, is that change can come. Now, that good news might make some of us uncomfortable. Maybe it means we have to change our ways. And this feeling of discomfort, if you're in a position of privilege, reminded me of a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. As I'm sure you all know, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, and there's been an awesome service filmed with um, people from LAUCC featured in it. And that link is in the E! News if you want to check it out. But this quote um, from Martin Luther King, I think it sums up a lot of what is going on with Jesus in this story today. The quote is this, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I think that we can take that message in that quote and apply it to the situation here. That the ultimate blessing isn't about where we're at when everything's comfortable and good and awesome, but it's about what we do when we're faced with this challenge, this challenge to change, this challenge that comes about when things are not as they seem. I think in this past year, a lot of us have done a lot of self-reflecting. And one of the things that I think we've been reflecting on is white supremacy. What is our role in that, in racism, in the system of it all? Where do we fall? What are the things that I do that further oppression? I think maybe some of us have realized that we have more oppressive tendencies than we knew. And upon reflection, maybe that makes us upset. Maybe we're disappointed in ourselves and we feel bad and we feel uncomfortable. But I think Jesus is calling us to embrace that challenge and change. We're talking a lot this year about being anti-racist. We want to do that as a church community. We want to be committed to that. We want to change, and you can, but it takes work, and it's gonna be uncomfortable and challenging, but the blessing is you can. We don't have to be an exclusivist society. We don't have to be a society where people are superior. We can change that and be more inclusive and loving and make it so that our lives reflect the fact that there will be good news to the poor, that the imprisoned will be set free, that the blind will be able to see, and that the people will no longer be oppressed. But we have to reflect on where we fit into that. I want to challenge you to look at this message that Jesus is giving from Isaiah and think, where does that fit into my life? How does my life reflect that? Do the things I do, do the way I carry myself, does that reflect the fact that there is good news to the poor, that the imprisoned are being set free? Or does it more reflect that people are imprisoned, that there's not good news for the poor, and that there are people who are oppressed? It's important to really sit down and think about those things, and then think about the way in which you can change that. Think about the way in which you can change yourself, your communities, the people around you, 
to be more reflective of that message. It's a blessing to have the opportunity to do that. And it's hard. Things are not as they seem. I know that I said earlier that um, 2020 just didn't go how I thought it was going to go. And I don't think it went how anybody thought that it was going to go. But I actually still had a good year. And actually, it's been one of the better years in my life, even with everything awful going on. Because I still did get to dive deeper into relationships with people. I got to bring about healthier practices in my life. Things here at church were amazing in a way I didn't know they could be. I got to see the teens way more than I would have if we would have been in a normal year. I get to now package these super fun boxes for our families to receive and for them to participate in activities together. That's different than what I thought, but it's still good. Sometimes blessings are not what they seem. Blessings come in unexpected ways. I bet there are people in your life who you can think of who always see the blessing in things. And I know that that can be hard to accept that blessing in things. I know that it can be frustrating when you reflect and realize that your life doesn't line up with the blessing that Jesus has proclaimed here in this passage. But I'm asking you this. Don't throw Jesus off the cliff. Stop and think about the way that blessing is present in the things that are hard. Accept the challenge. Change. Be a presence of God's kingdom that is inclusive and loving. Because you've been blessed to do so. I think that we in this church are committed to that. I'm so proud of us for that. So let's continue to do it. Let's not forget that sometimes blessings are challenges. Let's accept those challenges. I want you to remember the people in this story of Jesus's return to his hometown. Remember the people of Nazareth. Remember how angry they were and how they had just misunderstood the blessing that Jesus was giving them. Because Jesus did come with blessing for them. I just think they missed it. I don't want you to miss it. I invite you into space of deep reflection on the challenging blessing that has been set forth today. Amen.